Good morning to all. This is Abhivardhan from Internationalism. And I am elated to say that we hereby started a recent conference on international law 2020. So uh, I came up with a crazy idea with my team, with this, which is the Jurisdiction Project. And then we started this initiative that is the Jurisdiction Conference on International Law. Uh, we thought that uh, to create a social media engagement for talking on various issues of international law and politics would be imperative. And that's why we chose four tracks, uh, that is international humanitarian law and international criminal law together. Then we had uh, international technology law, if I should say, because it consists of space law, satellite law, AI and law, and also telecommunication law and other particular technology-based international legal concepts. Then we had on international human rights, and we also took international economic and trade law. So we have the first panel. And in this first panel, we have our panelist, Mr. Shobdap Shvastha from Lucknow University and uh, Professor Kwasi uh, Fazal from Bangladesh. He's currently an assistant professor at uh, American International University, Bangladesh. So welcome, sir. And I'll introduce myself. I am the convener and uh, the founder of the Jurisdiction Conference on International Law. So I think uh, what we're going to discuss today is very impeccable, very interesting, because we're going to talk about the idea of populism. Now, populism is a very interesting phenomenon. It did not start only when the United States got Donald Trump elected, but it just did start when in 2014, Modi himself got elected. So in India, it actually started from 2011, or I should say very specifically, when during the times when Boris Yeltsin was ousted, kind of, and Vladimir Putin came as the president and prime minister of Russian Federation. Populism became a phenomenon when the bipolar order was shattered. There was a unipolar order, which was led by the US, and then now we see a multipolar order. So in a, uh, why we chose this topic is because we saw that there's a growing trend that the principles of multilateralism are being uh, not violated all the time, but sometimes, and is also being pushed you know, in a backlash by the concepts of some partnerships or some bilateral engagements. Sometimes it becomes unilateral as well, and it's very interesting to see the development of international law, which is based, so I'm talking about international law, which is, uh, you know, after 1945, that is very significant here, because now most of the rule-based international law frugalities have developed, and it would be really interesting to talk about these aspects. So I'll now pass the patent to Shabdav, sir. So, sir, uh, let's think about this idea itself. So when we think that populism is all about a political legitimation, which is against elite uh, political leaders, and it's also based on the concept that, okay, we will not recognize any elitist idea. We often see that there are other kind of conflicts that actually come into being. So how imperative is it to understand populism? Is it just a political whip that's just going on for five or 10 years? Maybe it will be gone or maybe there is some bigger fear around there. So, yeah. Okay. Hi, everyone. First of all, thank you for uh, um, making me And it is very good to be here and to be discussing on such um, interesting, not upcoming, but interesting, and this is an always upcoming topic, right? So, uh, as you asked about populism, I think that populism, yes, uh, see, um, populism, unlike other theories, I think has a specific ingredients to like other theories have a specific ingredients to them that this is how uh, 
has to behave uh, a, a certain set has to behave whereas in populism there can be left wing populism or right wing populism populism is of different um, ingredients right but if you point right. out that anti electoral something is an intersection be it the left wing yes. or the right wing or this uh, when the left wing uh, populism comes in they say that the right wing is the the is anti elite they target the anti elitism within the right wing and the right wing they point out that in the left yeah. wing yeah so yeah the yeah. way it is uh, and see populism always targets the uh, populist sentiment in the uh, within the section so uh, the rise of populism i don't see it has been very the rise of populism has been uh, in fact the the world order which uh, came after the cold war which came after the cold war where there were multiple sects which started and specifically when this multilateral or uh, see technically multilateralism say that it started from the treaty of versailles uh, after the united nations the multilateralism uh, came into the uh, international era same time it is now declining because of certain uh, factors or certain reasons which we'll discuss later populism, yes. uh, populism is one of them it has always uh, adhered and always been there for the uh, popular sentiments of the people it, it includes many of the ideas within it uh, uh, in addition to being anti elite it is also with regard to uh i'll say it's nativism which is specifically coming up in us to which donald trump is appealing so that uh, this land belongs to the natives of america uh, immigration has been important uh, this thing because with to the, the 2015 crisis in germany immigration crisis angela merkel i don't think like she has declared that she is not the one who is contesting on so all of this comes together and the rise of populism abhivardhan i'm telling is because of certain reasons and we had to do so the conference actually consists of jurisdiction project and initiatives so this time we are going to discuss future of international law uh sessions we had discussed about the very early aspects of populism 11 2004 2016 1998 or 1999 so just a quick recap before we move it past because we have to start another panel okay so uh okay so now i move to kazi sir uh, i will introduce him as well he is assistant professor at the american international university bangladesh and shobdap sir is also there mr shobdap he is a ियंट thank you uh, first of all i am not a student professor i am a lecturer so uh, in my opinion uh, 
the rise of international itself is a uh, is a uh, result of protest against the populism. If you see the uh, Hitler's um, Germany, so Hitler was chosen by his people, and uh, you see what they did. And even before before the Versailles Treaty, so even the, the Versailles Treaty, it was for the protection of minorities, so so that the populist government cannot do whatever it can it would like to do. And even it was uh, also supported by the human charter and everything. And you, you can understand that human rights uh, in the form of EDHR and other things, it developed very late. So whatever is happening now, I don't think is a new phenomenon. There was an article uh, written by Philip Alston in Human Rights uh, Practice Journal a few years back. And here, uh, there was a debate on uh, populism and the, the impact on human rights. So there are other uh, other authors who responded. Even in the last um, last issue of uh, EGIL, not last before that, uh, two issues back, so there was a debate. And if you remember uh, uh, Harold Cole writing on uh, the Trump and international law, and he has a book on that. Everywhere, what I understand that uh, international law works in a different way. But uh, at the domestic sphere, there are some uh, impacts of human rights law. And uh, on outside, they have some other things. Uh, the state centric uh, human uh, international law, so uh, the impact is long term because if you want to change the international law, so uh, you need to uh, form a new uh, custom. And the custom formation uh, is a long-term process. So I'm not sure how it, uh, they will impact. And uh, as regards the treaty, so they're trying to give up some kind of new interpretation, but uh, new norms. I'm not sure. But if and uh, if you consider Bush and Obama, their populist maybe there are some impacts by their uh, legal division. So what Trump is doing uh, as regards the extrajudicial killing or drone attacks is a new thing. So it has been introduced by Bush and uh, Obama. Someone was saying that, uh, so uh, you cannot blame Trump because the uh, groundwork was done by the Obama's lawyer. But the question is about human rights law because human rights law works in a different way. It's not that it's state to state relationship, it's kind of uh, state, and the state and individual in between. And uh, international human rights law works with the domestic structure. And here are many issues. If you think about how uh, different uh, countries are interpreting different human rights norms, so it's quite interesting. And uh, if, uh, if you consider the European Court of Human Rights uh, as a very uh, uh, forerunner of human rights, Interpretation. So they are also giving uh, into the uh, populist governments or populist concerns. So if you think about uh, the burqa ban, so European Court of Human Rights did very, uh, very, uh, I think, controversial uh, doctrine. That is doctrine of uh, that's called called that. Uh, it was developed in hand slide case. So uh, margin of appreciation. It means that even if there is a human rights common understanding, but the 
as to law will prevail. So luckily, Human Rights Committee, they didn't uh, subscribe that. It's a good news, but uh, maybe these kind of things are helping these populist governments. Uh, in my yeah. view, so uh, if we talk about populist government, so the human rights yeah. regime, uh, they are the forefront group. And uh, every government is doing the same. If you look about your government, it's more the government of India, my government. So they are trying to make some exception for uh, human rights. So you know that uh, we, ha we have a problem with the right, because we are holding up the highest number of refugees in the world. And uh, there are many problems. Because they work with the refugee issues very closely some with the NGOs. So, uh, so there's the issue of education, because uh, our constitution doesn't say about the uh, obligatory education for everyone. So this say is the kind of uh, fundamental principles we, uh, or direct principles. So it's not enforceable. So there are many uh, concerns that uh, uh, the Rohingya child children they were taken out of the schools because uh, the government says that okay you are staying here you stay but uh, not too much time. So luckily it has resolved. And many other things are happening. So these are. Uh, I think the governments are uh, taking examples for, uh, from uh, the uh, maybe Trump or Victor Orban or many things. So uh, if they try to uh, explain everything in the light of uh, the populist government, so maybe they are going to change the interpretation. And I'm not sure how much they'll do because still in international law, well, there's a not very strong norm that domestic law cannot be a um, defense for non-observance of uh, international law. So it's a very good point that we have, but uh, in, the, I mean, two years back, there was um, as an article in foreign policy, this is, they call it that league of uh, nationalists and the number is rising. Uh, right. Since it uh, works uh, with state and state by hand by hand. So uh, there are many concerns, maybe, we should uh, talk about the formation of some use causes which will divert them from developing something. So that's our task. So we should concern about that. That's my understanding of populism. So uh, I am not uh, very interested about them, but I do think uh, things went before me. Thank you. Okay. So that's great. Just my side. Okay. Great. Uh, so I'll now pass the bait to Shobita sir. So uh, thing is that it's really impeccable to understand the current trends, and uh, it's really interesting to see how these developments happen. So it would be impeccable to understand how such developments are being seen. Because most of what happens is that we seek constitutional redemption, and since constitutional redemptions happen. Uh, they become a great problem for us. So, is it that it's just a beyond constitutional redemption, or it's like uh, populist self phenomena is digital in a way that it affects uh, people from their roots? Because these are the same people who accepted, like for example, let's take Europe. So, these are the same people who actually took into consideration that the international order must be accepted. But, you know, things happen and things change. So there were issues. So I think uh, I have to uh, uh, 
I may think that we can talk about this later. So we're currently a little out of time, but I'll take five minutes to end the session. And then I'll pass the concluding remarks for this. I'll pass to both the panelists. So Shabita sir, I'll, uh, I would like to understand the, the concluding remarks. What do you, I'll also give mine, but what do you think on the current trends? Let's uh, like some particular country, for example. Do you think that the populist trend in India will be having a surge or will there be a case of exhausted majority or not? Do you think that in the United States, will it be a case because much of it is ingrained in the international uh, reputation that the United States has? Well, what will be futuristic for the European Union? Okay. Uh, no, in case of US, as uh, you were talking about Trump, has often harvested upon the uh, local sentiments of people, firstly, and second, on the practical issues that were already uh, played quite some time. Not specifically time, but particularly immigration and job loss. At one point of time, if you see, that was the capital for the industries, uh, tech industries, and uh, more industries. But now people in multiple numbers have lost their jobs. Same right. case with coal miners. Coal miners, uh, Trump has said, and he has opened fear of the industry in Alabama and other places. His wife, he'll again open the coal mine. That is why he took his uh, took himself back from the uh, the climate conference. Uh, uh, so these are the things which actually people want. And these coalist leaders are delivering it. I don't, uh, in a very recent time, they are going away from, I mean, like they're losing power or they're losing the sentiment with people. Because human rights also, we have to see it in three uh, aspects. The first human right is in nature of a human rights. The second is in regional case. And the third is multilateral. Multilateral right. is when you set human rights in the international world. But you must understand this, that when unless people domestic are content uh, with the standard of living, plus then their sense of nativism, as in to protect their culture and things, which comes to the very core of this nativism, and then that becomes right, right populism or the nationalist populism. But right, so, these things are at risk. So I don't think that um, they are going out and soon. In case of India, uh, in, in India, see, economics is also a problem. Economy is also a problem, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so they'll have to address this. Plus, uh, see, US and India, we cannot compare these two countries. Uh, primarily, because I personally think that US has faced uh, uh, the, uh, do I, uh, like, a very important sense of history of which US was an actor. And that is Second World War. So they have right. the ruins of Second World War, and they have learned a lot from it. India bypassed that right. situation, luckily. We were involved indirectly through our soldiers, but it's not understand, right? Right. But they right. have so they know the consequence. But at the same, human hmm. rights became global only after 1990s, I would say. Uh, when hmm. it become a, uh, when the when this became a unipolar. Uh, world order kind of after the cold right war. right uh, or the uh, the ICT of Yugoslavia 
Rwanda, the attitude, all of this came after 90s. So I think that in that case, uh, the globalization of human rights. Now these leaders particularly are focusing upon human rights as I'll say like human rights as such of right own domestic waters, domestic. But obviously, it is a slippery slope because then there are minorities in my as in like citizens like India has been considered a as a like government of country A is protecting its own citizens. It follows to an extent a protectionist regime, but then that country A will have citizen sub layers, not only basis of economics, also on basis of caste, religion, and other things. Like in India, we have. Uh, religion and caste. Similarly, in Pakistan, Bangladesh, and other places, we uh, uh, the religion and the subcaste, like as well, the Shias, Ahmadis, uh, we who have suffered a lot because of this uh, this this division, and the population right. at the same time. Bangladesh right. government, which ICT of uh, Bangladesh, appealed to the populist sentiment. The ICT of uh, Bangladesh uh, prosecuted these criminals as such. Right. I think was a very popular region. So yeah, this is my opinion on yeah, uh, USSR. So I don't think like none of these are coming, uh, soon anywhere. And also with the left side of this uh, left populist, but the opposite side or the left side itself winners, and it claims uh, a sole authority on intellectualism, and that is a major right. problem. Right. It is yes. easy for the populist. It is. It becomes easy for the to show them a different side to the in which I'll say that 60% of them are like followers, but then those those the other percent have material, have reasons. Right. Right. Okay. Right. This is my point. Great. So I'll now go to Kazi sir. Uh, so you have something to concede on what Shobhita sir has said, and then I keep my remarks at in the end. Yes, uh, just quite. Uh, I need to clarify one thing about my country. So, yeah, as uh, Professor also mentioned, <laughs> like, uh, government. Uh, yeah, um, we don't need to be very concerned about uh, populist uh, government in my country than you because we have a workable uh, democracy. But uh, we are suspecting that very recently we had an election of city corporation and the turnout of the vote was 27%. Uh, and uh, ruling party got only 17 or 18 percent of the vote. Our problem is 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 not about the vote; is about the politics because the government we have, so it uh, it was previously backed by the minority because it has very good relationship with the minorities. But since there right. is no election, and our some groups who are very close to fundamentalism uh, were kind of uh, very Islamic, so our majority population is not uh, very. Uh, Reactionist, but very, very few, maybe two or three percent. So government is trying to balance with them, and when they are balancing, so they are forgetting their past that uh, we were very close, we are uh, supported by the minorities, and there's a problem. So it's not always the uh, populist government backed by the uh, popular, uh, the people or both. Sometimes this kind of autocratic or semi-autocratic government, they are also uh to become very populist. It happened with our military governments as well. Because uh we have a very good constitution in nineteen seventy two 
but uh, in uh, 1977, uh, military government came, and uh, 72, 82 as well, there was another. And uh, what they used to do, because uh, you know, uh, they have learned something from their Pakistani counterparts, because they were part of the Pakistani armies before we became independent, and they introduced many uh, pro-Islamic uh, provisions so that they can uh, have the support of these, uh, these fundamentalist groups. So it's a problem, problematic. So, but what happened at the last? Uh, it changes the uh, constitutional structure, its fundamental rights, and at the end, uh, uh, our court. If there is a court like uh, Pakistan, do you understand what happens? So <laughs> a, uh, sometimes Indeed. we have this problem. So it happened with our uh, one of our former chief justice. So hmm. kind of and I think you have some uh, news about it. So he was charged with criminal uh, offenses of corruption. I think he is in Australia, Canada. So you know that the Soviet government they changed the uh, structure of the judiciary and separation of judiciary is also fact. But this is it, it is not international human rights law. We are straight, but it's the implemented right. is, But uh, if it feels uh, international law is sometimes toothless, so uh, this government uh, tries to uh, make sure that motives are again. So that's a problem. Yeah, that's, that's my point. As well. Okay. Yeah, great. So I think in India, so the work, uh, the way it works. Yeah, I like one insertion into what happens in the Indian scenario because we need to see uh, how India as a world power, to an extent, will have a role in you know leading or at least you know manipulating the populist resurgence because. Recently, the European Parliament just, you know, did not vote, even present, did not even present actually uh, the six resolutions on the 370 issue, the CAA problem, and, you know, some other commitment issues with regards to India. Uh, many people say it's a diplomatic coup, or sometimes it's been said that the European Union has been influenced. But one thing which I've also seen, and I agree with you all in this, that... Uh, the resurgence of populism, even if it affects the international order and indigenous redemptions do exist because people have their economic, individualistic, sometimes cultural concerns. Because there's one very funny example from Italy. So I think if I'm correct, Matteo Salvini and his right-wing party were like trying to say, okay, uh, now we have a particular kind of food. So I think that was related to religion. Some, I will not even quote that food. I will not quote that religion. But they were somewhat, somewhat related to religion. They think, okay, particular pasta or this particular dish is like, okay, it's not good. And like, it's just interculturally wrong. We do not accept multiculturalism. So actually the thing is that, that uh, but we have seen one more interesting thing. So the Indian elections, for example, like in 2019, we saw a great resurgence from the BJP. But we also saw that when it comes to state elections, it's entirely different. It's the local issues. So 
but one more thing when in 2018 while ted cruz and you know all the republican gop people were rising pete alexandria kasho cortez to an extent i should say nancy pelosi i should also say uh, pramila jaypal all these us senators from the democrats did really well and while just the iowa caucuses happened and people are like the in america okay bernie sanders is going to get a benefit it's also being commented by people that maybe donald trump may use the left populist aspects of bernie sanders as boris johnson did in case of and narendra modi did in case of rahul gandhi in india so having uh, in the politics i'm not getting into law because uh, i thought that would be uh, you know fitting to complete this so uh, let's end this so thank you so much it was really a nice time with all of you it was a great panel and really had a very uh, i should say impeccable discussion on these issues uh, there were some technical technical issues but uh, i apologize for this personally and professionally uh, but thank you so much sir kazi uh, sir and shobdap sir thank you so much for your support uh, uh, we now end the panel discussion online on facebook and youtube uh, we'll again telecast the track 1 of the jurisdiction conference international law which is an ihl and icl so uh, kazi sir will stay with us because he is the track program chair along with bulbul ma'am who will also join us shortly so we await all of you and thank you so much let's start a track presentations in maybe 10 minutes so thank you so much for your support yeah. You're welcome.